Hello and welcome to YHTV's Trinity of Life. This is episode 79. I'm Christina Suzuma, your host for this program. Thank you so much for joining me as I continue to explore the wonderful world of healing arts, meditation, therapies, and the many modalities of helping each of us find balance in our individual journeys. We're always excited to meet those who are on the edge, leading edge of creating change on this planet. And of course, I want to take a moment uh, just to thank all of you for nominating our show and voting for us for the Magical Medical Tour uh, with my co-host, Dr. Glenn Woman. The award ceremony is taking place on January 5th in Las Vegas. So for those of you who might just be around Las Vegas, it would be wonderful to see you and come up and introduce yourselves. Come on by, join us in the fun. I do believe it is at the Rio Resort in Las Vegas. So now on with our show, um, we're going to have some fun today. Those of you who do a lot of crafts during this time of the year, it's between baking and crafts and the sewing and the beading, etc., you know, creating Christmas cards and gifts, it's time for a little yoga to keep you moving and flowing. Now at any time during this show, you can feel free to ask questions or make a comment simply by scrolling down on your screen and typing it into the comment box. We promise that we will get those questions and comments over to our wonderful guest and uh, send you the reply. Today we have with us uh, uh, our very, very special individual who is a part of the Yoga Hub family and has been since the, our Yoga Hub's virtual world yoga and meditation conference for several years. And she's also been a guest on our previous shows as well and has a wonderful blog, which we encourage you to follow as well. Our dear friend and family member, Kat Robinson. Hello, Kat. Hello. How are we today? <laughs> oh, we are wonderful. You have such Christmas cheer all around yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> a little festive today. <laughs> Finally starting to dig our way out of the snow here. Oh, my goodness. We had 15 inches of snow last week. A 15 so it inches. Was 15 inches, yes. And we usually, if we get anywhere from, you know, three to six inches, we're thinking, oh my gosh, we've had a blizzard. <laughs> well, we had 15 inches in less than 24 hours. So it really wow. threw us for a loop. Wow. Yeah, we were trapped. Really today. digging yourself out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or just stay home and do crafts. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what I did. So yeah, there wasn't a whole lot more to do. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is fascinating. Now, um, we here, of course, we, we jump for joy when we have half an inch of rain. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I remember I lived there for 12 years and I remember those days of, you know, the drought and you can water your lawns or we have the opposite problem here. Most of the time we have too much wet, too much humidity. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's all lovely though, isn't it? To have the four seasons where you are. Yes. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) So Kat today, I mean, you, you are so wonderful. Always um, creating yoga and for those individuals out there who, you know, don't or would have never thought of yoga at this time of the year. Um, and I, I'd like to actually, I mean, because your background, we've kind of covered your background several times before uh, in the other shows, which I will encourage people to go uh, review. Um, but what you have really um, sort of made a mark in is your sewing yoga. And it's your sewing yoga, your sewing yoga DVD. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey with that? 
Um, you know, this was really born out of necessity for me. Uh, I, <laughs> I took up, I took up sewing a few years ago, um, probably about 10 years ago and, um, machine embroidery actually is, you know, what I, my forte is. Oh. And, um, you know, I was really resistant. A lot of people were, you know, saying you should try this, you know, it's fun. And I thought, you know, the machines are so expensive and if I don't like it, it's going to be a very expensive coat rack. And, you know, <laughs> and I just, I just wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but, um, I eventually, long story short, got a machine, um, just a little cheapy and fell in love. I mean, mm. absolutely. When that first design sewed out for me, I was just so excited. And um, it was the first thing that came on in the morning when I woke up before the coffee pot even. <laughs> it was the first thing on. And it was the last thing when I went to bed at night. Well, it, mm. I mean, I just fell in love with it. And in fact, my husband said, don't stand still too long or she will have something embroidered on you. And it was pretty much the <laughs> truth. But um, the, the real um, instance when it clicked with the yoga was um, I was sewing out my first project on a garment. Mm. And in fact, I think it's the jacket I'm wearing right now. Oh, cool. Can you show so it to it's us? It's a pretty old jacket. Um, on one of the shoulders, mm-hmm. there's a little there rose. It is. And then there's one on the back. I don't know if you can see it or not. Oh, you have to stand up just a little bit more. Uh, and a little further away from the ca- camera. <laughs> there you go. Wow. So anyway, that was my first time of sewing anything on an actual garment. And, um, you know, now this would probably take me an hour to put together. But at the time, of course, I was new at it. And it was it took me a long time to you know, really make my mark and make sure that I was going to sew it in the right place and had everything and, you know, put together. And I was sitting there for several hours doing Mm. this. And, you know, one of the things with an embroidery machine is, is that you do not have to stay with it. You can get up and move around, but it seems like every time you do that, that's when the machine's going to jam or it's, you know, something. So, I usually just stay with it, especially this first time when, you know, I didn't want to ruin my jacket. And I, um, eventually I'll get to a point that I'm sewing with my nose. I just get closer and closer (sighs) to that needle and I'm just Mm. fascinated by watching it go up and down. And, you know, and if you talk to other machine embroiderers, I think they would probably say the same thing, but I had a yoga class to teach that evening and I was so involved in this project. Oh, wait a minute. You you had already started yoga. You had already oh, been yeah, teaching yoga. Oh, yeah, I was already yoga. teaching. Yes. Okay, yes. okay. And, um, you know, and I had taken up yoga as a hobby and ended up creating a business with it. So I was in need of another hobby that wasn't a business. And <laughs> so this worked. But I, um, I had sat there for several hours at this machine and I was so involved in this project. And I thought, you know what, I think I'm just going to call everybody and cancel class. And I thought, no, I can't do that. I've got to go, <laughs> I, you know, I've got to go teach my class. And so when I got up, I literally, and this is, I mean, this is not an exaggeration. I literally could not move. My hips were so stiff and my knees and my back hurt and mm. my shoulders hurt from just sitting there for so long. And so I went to my, I got my, you know, un- stuck myself enough to go change and, and get to my class. And when I was done with the class, um, I'm pretty interactive in my yoga classes, I felt so much better. My joints were loosened back up again, and 
I had more energy and I just felt so much better and I could sew longer. So (laughs) it it was really good. And so I went home and thought, you know, there's got to be something out there, you know, yoga for sewers or, you know. And so I started um, trying to actually find a DVD for this and found out that nobody else was doing it. And so I started putting together some poses that I felt really helped me in that initial session, um, you know, that night and just kind of researching. I asked numerous people who sew. My, my sister actually owns a sewing store. Um, I don't know if I can say the name, but um, Fenton you, Sewing Back, I can. Oh, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you can say Fenton it. Uh, as far as we're Fenton concerned, you can say it. There you go. <laughs> and um, so she, you know, we had, I had a lot of people who sew at my access. And um, I started asking people who sew, who do crafts, who do knitting and crocheting, um, what bothered them the most. What, you know, when they would be in these marathon sewing sessions, what would be really a problem for them. And I didn't just stop at that. I also went to factories and talked to people at sew stations that do the same seam repetitively over and over and over all day long, Um, you know, and found out that that's really a big workman's comp claim is um, people who work at sew stations from the repetitive stress of sitting in one position and doing the same thing over and over. And so I started introducing these poses a little bit at a time and, and doing, you know, some, all this research. I found out that um, basically everything from the hair down would hurt by the end of the day. Um, there would be eye strain. There would be headaches. There would be shoulder aches, hip pain, back pain, leg pain. It just went on and on. And um, so I put together the DVD. I... Um, pitched it out to some sewing magazines, um, to the American Sewing Guild. I ended up teaching for the American Sewing Guild twice, once in Sacramento, once in Chicago at their national conference. It's been in numerous magazines, including Sew News, which is um, one of the bigger magazines in the sewing business. It was their cover story. Evidently, there were a lot of people out there just waiting for somebody to come along with yoga and help them with the aches and pains of sewing. Mm. And it's it's been, you know, very successful for me. I've been very pleased with it. Mm, congratulations. How wonderful. <laughs> and it helped me. And it helps me tremendously. So that's even, yes. you know, that's that's a good point too. So <laughs> so from your your uh sewing hobby, then you created this DVD and it's gone so far and wide. And it was so interesting when you uh, uh um approached us a couple of weeks ago and said, Oh, here we go. It's like, <laughs> it's the aches and pains time again. Can we do a show on cra- uh, yeah. yoga for crafters? And I'm like, sure. Crafters? Yeah. Crafters? What are crafters? <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, like you said, like with beading and, and things like that, there's so much tension that goes into that. I mean, you're, you're looking at little bitty objects, you're, you know, you're, there's a lot of, of tension that goes on just from high concentration of, making sure that you, you know, put things together correctly. I also do other crafts other than sewing, um, especially now since I've been doing the sewing, I've, I've branched off into other things. But, um, you know, it's it, you, one thing that's very frustrating is when you start getting tired and then, but you're under the gun, you got to get this project done. 
And then you find out that you made a mistake somewhere along the line. And when you look back, it's, you know, you've got to tear a whole part of it apart to fix that mistake. So this has been a way that it's given me a chance to take some breaks as I'm working, even when I'm under the gun, it, it affords me the opportunity to be able to stretch without having to actually pull out my yoga mat necessarily. Um, you know, I mean, of course, if you have a yoga mat, pull it out if you want to and do the whole program. But a lot of um, the sewing yoga program, the DVD, it's done in sitting in a chair uh, at your sew station. Mm, good for you. So, um, you know, a lot of it, you just don't even have to get up. You can mm -hmm. just, you know stretch and, and work right there at, at your work table. Mm, wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Um, so Kat, anytime you're ready, um, maybe we can touch on some points of uh, crafters and what begins to happen. I mean, you very specifically with sewing, uh, you know, you just explained all the tensions and all. And, and when we were in a discussion the other day, you know, you had mentioned people like who sit on the floors for hours because you need a larger space. And I know the other day that we were making uh, with our son uh, little Christmas gifts of these stained glass sort of ornaments, uh, yeah. uh, which, which is not really glass, of course, it's plastic, but you know, it's, right. it's painting it and everything. And and I could feel us going lower and lower and lower to the table, which <laughs> is already low down, so it doesn't make so much difference for him. But for us, it was like, well, wow, that was sure. intense. You know, that, that was intense oh, yeah. focus, yeah. trying to blend colors and everything. Right. So, you know, and then cutting, a lot of cutting with scissors right now. And, you know, um, so there's quite a gamut of different crafts. Right. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> but, but, you know, whether it's sewing yoga or putting together stained glass or beading or scrapbooking or um, knitting, crocheting, um, all of these things benefit from from yoga, whether it's, you know, the actual sewing yoga program or just yoga in general. Um, you know, the the breathing, the relaxation of it, the just taking the moment to refocus and re-shift um, the brain a little bit when you're, um, you know, in the middle of a project. And also, you know, let's keep in mind that we have that second chakra that we want to keep stimulated when we're doing this to keep us creative. And, and um, you know, so that's an important aspect of it too. And mm. ergonomics, ergonomics are very important. <laughs> Which that this. goes completely out the window. You know oh, that, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I noticed, yeah. boy, my straight back and all just went out the window. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I, um, I have a good sewing chair uh, that, um, I purchased several years ago. I did not, when I started this program, I sat at my dining room table and just a dining room chair, which was horrible. Um, since then, I've, I've upgraded to some more ergonomically correct furniture. But, you know, just simple little um, things of ergonomics of if you are sewing and or, you know, something of that nature, make sure, whatever you're doing, make sure you get up and move. Even if it's just getting up and walking from one station to the next, you know, just that little bit of movement will really make a difference in how you overall feel while you're crafting. You know, it's important that you have good light to not mm -hmm. have that eye strain. Um, it's important to drink a lot of water to make sure you don't get dehydrated. And one of the things that I recommend um, for everybody to do, whether it's sewing, crafting, or just if you work at a desk and you're at a computer a lot, 
get up and move about every hour for a few minutes, you know, and if you forget, which I will get involved in a project and the next thing I know, two or three hours has passed and I'm still sitting in the same place I was two hours ago, (laughs) um, set a timer, you know, put a timer. So it goes off, you know, every 55 minutes, you're going to get up and you're going to move around for five minutes. And that really helps to keep your energy going and to um, keep you focused. And, you know, and it'll be a good reminder. That's a good point to go get a drink, um, you know. So, yeah, this is, you know, uh, uh, just the ergonomics alone are very important. Mm, mm, wonderful. So anytime you're ready. I'm ready. Ms. Robinson. <laughs> well, I'm ready. So what we've done here is Cat uh, has actually created some segments of video and that she is going to actually walk us through or talk us through to help uh, those of you who are all scrunched up there in some way. <laughs> Take a break from your Christmas crafting here. There you go. <laughs> Okay, this is just me getting into position. Um, You can see that I do have a blanket under my hips. If your hips and your knees are very tight, you may want to elevate them a little bit. Uh, And like I said, much of this can be done even sitting in your chair. So if you have a difficult time getting up and down off the floor, you can sit in a chair and do this. Um, right now what I'm doing is I'm working on my breathing. This is a very important thing. Um, the, the simple, um, Ujjayi breath, um, breathing in through the nose, exhaling through the nose. But do you notice how I have my hands at my diaphragm and on on my abdominals? Um, you want to feel that breath go deep into your body. You want to feel it go, your belly expand as you inhale and contract as you exhale. Um, that's very important. That nourishes us more on a cellular level. Most of us only breathe to our chest, and that's just not enough to really keep our bodies healthy. So we want to make sure and, and take that breath deep into our body um, and relaxing, taking a little scan. If you notice, I kind of turn my head from side to side there. You know, just be, take a little scan of your body, see where that tightness is, feel where the concentration is of the tightness, and direct that breathing toward that tightness. So you're actually breathing with your body. And now we're going to add a little movement to that breath. And as you inhale deeply, you're going to bring your arms up, stretching tall. You may bring your hands together or shoulder distance apart if your shoulders are tight. And then you're going to exhale. You're going to twist to the right. You're going to bring your left hand to your right knee, right hand to the floor behind you, keeping your spine tall and lengthened as you inhale. And as you exhale, you can twist a little deeper into it if you can. But again, just listen to your body, whatever feels right to you here. Um, That's, you know, that's so important to just listen to your body. Don't try to force or push just a gentle rotation along the axis of the spine. Inhale and bring in your arms back up again. You can keep them shoulder distance apart or bring the palms together, whichever you prefer. And then you're going to bring the right hand to the left knee, left hand back behind you. Again, lifting as you inhale, twisting as you exhale. And try not to lead with your, with your neck. Um, if you twist from the center of the spine um, and, and take the twist from there, the head will follow. But if you lead with your neck, you're not going to get the twist and the ringing out action of the spine to release that tension that you want to release. You know, this is also good for just decompressing the spine, which gets compacted while we're sitting and um, 
you know, brings us out of our lower back a little bit. Inhaling, coming back up to center. And exhaling, bringing your hands down at your side. And you want to continue to inhale and exhale throughout the poses. Okay, now we're going to inhale that right arm up. We're going to slide the left hand out about six inches and extend over to the left. Take your gaze up past your arm if you can. Notice how I lift my hip there. It's going to want to lift on you, but you want to press that hip down. So you're getting this nice stretch from the right sit bone all the way up through the right fingertips. Um, if you lift, if that hip lifts, you're going to lose that stretch. And hopefully every time you inhale and exhale, you feel a nice little stretch in the intercostal muscles and the ribs opening up, giving you some more breathing room. Again, giving you some uh, decompression so you're not so compacted. Um, you know, when we compact, our organs start sitting on top of each other. Energy and blood flow can't get in them, into them like they're supposed to. It's it's just not good for us. So you want to just kind of lift out of your hips and um, keep breathing into it and just release. And any moment, we're going to inhale up. <laughs> I look like a statue. My husband told me that. <laughs> Go ahead and inhale up, and then exhale, bring your hand down at your side. We're going to inhale both arms up this time, and we're going to bring them out at shoulder level. Really stretch out, make this, and then you're going to bring your right arm straight across your chest. Bring that left hand up where your wrists are touching each other, and the left palm is facing forward. If it's facing back, you're not going to get the stretch on your shoulder like you want. So you're going to face it forward, and then you're going to just resist against those two wrists. So you're getting this opening in the shoulder there to get some blood flow in, release some tension. Again, stretch out, really, like somebody's pulling you in two different directions. Bring that left arm around. Bring the right wrist up. Again, breathing into it. And, and stay relaxed. Keep the shoulders relaxed down. You know, there's no range. I mean, you don't want to worry about your range with this. There's no, you know, you've got to bring it all the way across. If you have a hard time doing that, just go as far as you can. It, you know, this is not a competition of how far we can get our arm across our chest. We want to work within our own range of motion, our own strengths, honor our, our limitations. Go ahead and stretch out and then lower those arms down slowly. And you can pretty much feel the energy run back into your arms at this point. And then just roll the shoulders forward and back. Squeeze some blood flow in one more time, inhaling up. And this time you're going to exhale. You're going to bring your hands back behind you with the fingertips pointed away from you. You're going to lift through the chest on inhale. And as you exhale, let your collarbones just kind of fall open. Let your shoulders fall back. Don't crunch into your shoulder blades, really forcing. Just let them fall open. Keep your spine lengthening and try to keep your head, neck, and spine and tailbone all in one line so you're not craning your head back, which does nothing but hurt your neck. So you want to just keep a nice, even line there. Then you're going to walk your hands forward. Again, not worrying about your range of motion. This is really good for stretching out the hips as well, um, you know, which take a beating sitting there for long lengths of time. Um, it's good for stretching the knees and the ankles. And, of course, stretching the lower back, pulling out of that lower back and, and lengthening. 
And then you're going to switch positions with your feet. And we're going to do the other side. So we're going to inhale up. And exhaling, bringing your hands back behind you again, fingertips pointing away. Deep inhale here, lift through the chest, exhaling, letting those collarbones just fall open. Take a few breaths here. And just, again, just notice, we spend a lot of time like this when we're doing crafts. This really opens us up. It, it gives us some heart opening energy, um, which is always good. The more open your heart, the more open your heart is. And then um, eventually you're going to exhale. There you go. Walk your hands forward. Again, just relax. Release into it. Don't let your shoulders crowd your ears. Keep some space there. Make sure your neck is lengthening. Make sure your facial muscles are relaxed. Sometimes in these poses, we get into them and then we realize that we're clenching our teeth or we're tightening up our jawline and um, you know, so we want to make sure that we notice these little subtleties of what our body's doing and how we're reacting to it. And then we're going to stretch our legs out. Ah, pull one knee in. Take a few moments there. Press out through the heel of the other foot. Make sure that the other foot is flexed. Pull in the left knee now. Again, extending out through that right heel. Make sure the right foot is flexed. Breathing into it, and then coming back into that cross-legged seat. And now we're going to do some work into the upper arms. We're going to come into eagle arms. You're going to bring your right elbow over your left. Keep your elbows at shoulder level, and then you're going to inhale, lift those elbows, and exhale, release them back down. Inhaling, lifting up. Exhaling, releasing down. And just kind of get a flow going with your breathing there. This is like a little mini massage for your shoulders. And, you know, and I have my hands clasped together. I have um, students who can't come close to that. If, you know, if you need to grab the wrist or the forearm, whatever you need to do there, the idea is not necessarily to get the hands together. Now we're going to bring the left over the right to the other side. It's not necessary to bring the hands together as much as we want to get that stretch in the shoulders. And this is a really good way to do that. You know, this opens up the upper back, the neck, all those, all those muscles that tend to really cramp up on us and tense up on us. And this feels amazing. <laughs> it, feels, it feels very good after a long day of, of sewing or crafting. Go ahead and stretch your arms out. Really stretch those fingers out and then gently lower down. And then again, you can roll your shoulders if you want here. That's fine. And I believe that's the end of the seated ones. Mm, wonderful. I feel good just watching. <laughs> I thought maybe you were doing it along with it. I didn't know. <laughs> uh, no, I was so intent on watching and, and listening to what you were sharing about each part. Now, Kat, um, you were sitting on a blanket, right? Yes. Can you elaborate for those people who've never done yoga before, and this is the first time watching, you know, it, it's yoga, I have to say, it, it scared me for years, 
years because yeah. though I was very um, athletic, to say the least, I mean, I, I could be on a treadmill for an hour and a half or a Stairmaster or something like that. You know, I could do 300 sit-ups, things like that. But yoga just scared the daylights out of me. And part of it was because in my concept was like, you know, I, I can never turn myself into a pretzel. And my balance was horrifying. And you want me to stand on one leg? Are you kidding me? You know, um, <laughs> you, you know, uh, yeah. you, you think my vertigo even, you know, worked in my body and my mind and every part of me. So I never approached yoga. And uh, when I did, of course, and now it's a whole new world. Now we have Yoga Hub here. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, what our fears can actually it, do. You really approached it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, I have yet to become a teacher like yourself, though. Um, now, so so I was uh, uh, when I first started. Of course, you know, I, I saw the blankets and the blocks and the bolsters that were in the room. Of course, having no real knowledge of of what they would be used for. And here is uh, possibly someone who may be watching this seeing you sit on a blanket as opposed to the floor itself or even a chair. Why the blanket? Um, when you have tight hips, tight knees, sitting on the floor can be very uncomfortable first off, but it also it can bring your pelvis into an alignment that is going to actually not help your back. It's going, it, it tilts your pelvis too much. So what the idea is, is to get the knees where they are as close to the floor as possible or, you know, in, in line with the pelvis as possible. Mm. Um, I personally, I actually find it a little more uncomfortable to sit on a blanket than I do on the floor. But I um, have students who sit on bolsters because their hips and their knees are so tight. And, um, or I have students who actually have pillows here that they just leave here at the studio that they have for their practice. And they've gotten pretty quick at whipping them back and forth when, you know, between seated poses. But, um, you know, there are all kinds of ways to modify and use props. So anybody can do yoga. Mm -hmm. it, it, you know, I, I mean, I, I completely get where you're coming from about being afraid of yoga. I was the same way. I just didn't think that I could get myself into the positions that they show in magazines. And, you know, and I just want to assure people that that's actually, you know, kind of false advertising there about what yoga is. Yoga is a work from where you are exercised. You know, if you cannot get down on the floor, you can still do yoga. Mm -hmm. You just sit in a chair and do it. And I have several students who sit in chairs and do yoga. Um, I've had several people who have attended my classes at these conferences that say, you know, I, I do yoga regularly, but starting out in the chair was really beneficial because usually I'm so tight when I get to class, it's hard for me to get up and down on the floor. So that's why I was showing with a blanket. So, you know, even with that, it may not be enough. You may need to elevate your hips even a little bit more, but there's always ways of modification. There's always ways of of helping with props to um, help you with poses. And, you know, and there are some poses that just may not work for you. Mm -hmm. And I always advise my students that if a pose does not feel right, it probably isn't. Right. And, you know, and to really pay attention to that. And 
that it does not hurt my feelings at all if I look out into my class and I see that somebody is just sitting there breathing during a pose instead of actually executing the pose because they just don't feel comfortable in it. And that's perfectly fine by me. I would rather somebody do that than get hurt. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so yoga is for everybody. It's, you know, it's, and, and whether or not you can, you know, stand on your head or put your foot behind your head or your big toe in your, it it doesn't matter. (laughs) It just doesn't matter. So be where you are when you're there and just enjoy the journey with it. Yes. Yes. That's, that's why I did. I fell love in love with it. It was because it's can speak to everybody. If you have the right instructor to guide you through it, and it sounds like you're a wonderful instructor and that means, you know, honoring one's body. And so, and, and what I've also found is you might start up with a very high bolster working your way as those muscles it's like elastic okay. bands as they start to stretch sure. and as they start to sure. get limber, which they do, they really sure. do. The next After thing you know while, that you up. don't need it. You don't need the blanket right. under yourself anymore. Right. And and if it and if it doesn't work out that way, if you always need it, it's okay. It, that's you right. know, I mean, it's it, I, it just doesn't matter. What what matters is that you're breathing, you're conscious, you're body aware. Um, and it feels right to you. Not to say that sometimes muscle stretching is, it's not always comfortable. Sometimes it's quite uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so we refer to that as sensation. And sometimes, you know, I get that thrown back at me of, you know, oh no, it's sensation. It's not pain. <laughs> but uh, the difference is, is if you're in a, say you're in a yoga pose and the muscles or your hamstring muscles or behind your legs are just really stretching and speaking to you, which they very commonly do with a lot of people. And, um, you know, they're just, they're just screaming at you while you come out of the pose and you feel this release. That sensation. If you're in a pose and the muscles are screaming at you and you come out of the pose and 10 minutes later you're still having that screaming happen or an hour later or two hours later, now we're into pain and that is not what we want. That is not our goal with with yoga. The goal with yoga is to make your body feel better, not worse. So just always keep that in mind. But we live in such a competitive society, Christina, and you know this as well as I do, that we always try to go for the range. And sometimes I'm just as guilty as anybody else. You know, I we, we want to go for the range. We want to compete. And that to me has been one of the, the hardest things with my yoga students to teach them is um, listen to your body and not go for that range. I have students to this day that have been coming to me for years. And if I say, you really need to sit on a pillow, you really need to sit on a bolster, (laughs) they'll say, that's cheating. It's not cheating. Mm. That's how it's correctly done. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so just keep that in mind that if you have to use a prop, it doesn't mean that you're failing at yoga. It just means that your body needs this prop. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And again, it might just be for a moment. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It could be just for a little while. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but the main thing is to do is to approach each pose without judgment or control. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. when you start judging how you react in the poses, how your body reacts in the poses, um, it's just not good for you. We get enough of that judgmental attitude throughout life 
um, when you're in your yoga practice, try to keep that away. Right. I mean, it's, I, I always tell people just be aware. Be That's aware right. of the sensations, honor the, the sensations as opposed to the other way around, which is not right. proactive at all. <laughs> no. You know. no, when you, you know, if somebody, for instance, if we're doing um, a standing forward fold and somebody can't touch the floor, you know, um, they automatically think, well, they're touching the floor. Why can't I touch the floor? Right. You know, that goes through their head. Right. And, you know, and that's, it's really, um, we give our, we beat ourselves up enough, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. whether or not you can touch the floor and, and uh, standing forward fold is not <laughs> something you should be doing. It's just, you know, put your hands on your shins and, and uh, breathe there and it'll be fine. Wonderful. Wonderful. So should we move on to the next clip? Sure. Sure. The next clip is some standing poses. Um, just a few of those that I threw in here. Um, basically, this is Tadasana. This is um, standing uh, in alignment. Uh, I want you to really check your feet. Make sure that you're feeling your feet evenly on all four sides. Toes are together. Heels are about an inch apart. But you can separate your feet if you need to, but no more than hip distance apart. Um, now we're in Samastiti, which brings the palms forward, pulls the shoulders back, rolls them down. Um, just coming into alignment. Bringing our hands into prayer position and stepping our feet apart. Now for this, it takes a little balance. You have to engage those abdominal muscles a little bit to hold yourself up nice and tall. You notice I turn my left foot toward the end of my mat. Right foot is lined up with the arch, lined up with the heel of my left foot. I brought my arms straight out from my shoulders. This is warrior two, Virabhadrasana two. You're going to bend your front knee. It's going to come no farther than right over your ankle. And you're going to look out over the third fingernail of your left hand. And really stretch those arms out like somebody's pulling you in two different directions. The little toe side of your right foot is pressing firmly into the mat. If it lifts off the floor, you're going to lose that stretch. So you want to have this nice line of energy running down that right leg. And lift through the chest, lengthen up through the crown of the head. I threw this pose in here because this is, number one, it's a, just a good grounding um, focusing pose that stretches the arms a little more, shoulders a little more, also stretches the hips. But another thing that Virabhadrasana 2 does is it stimulates that second chakra. So it, it gets those creative juices kind of stimulated and helps to balance them out. Um, you know, there's been times that I've been needing to make something for somebody and I just completely draw blank. It's like, I just don't even know where to begin on this or what I'm going to do. Sometimes just taking a few minutes to do something like this that will start opening your body, you'll have those creative juices start flowing a little bit. And that's always a nice edge when you're doing creative things. So go ahead and bring your arms down as you exhale, really ground through those feet. And notice how I've pigeon-toed my feet just slightly to bring the weight to the little toe side of my feet. Brought my hands to my hips, not to my waist, but to my hips. And we're going to exhale down, hinging from that hip joint, bringing your hands down onto the floor. Now this I probably should have shown, but this is a good place to use a block if you can't reach the floor. You can also use a book that's, you know, um, or you can put your hands on a chair. It really just depends on how 
deep you can go into this pose. Some people can get their head all the way to the floor. Some people can't even get their hands to the floor. It doesn't matter. What matters is that you're getting that stretch. And, you know, it should be stretching the, the lower back, the hips, the inside of the thighs, um, opening up the legs so some blood flow, energy circulation could go there. You're going to heel toe your feet back together. And then very slowly roll yourself up to stand one vertebra at a time, making sure that your head is the last thing to come up so you don't get dizzy. Been upside down for a few moments there, so we want to let our blood rebalance. Coming back into Tadasana, realigning yourself. Now this is another side lean. You're going to inhale. You're going to bring that right arm up. As you exhale, you're going to extend over to the left. Now, those left fingertips, pretend they have 10-pound weights in each fingertip, and it's really pulling you over to the side. But at the same time, that right foot, you're going to press firmly into the mat. So you're getting the stretch from the right foot all the way out through the right fingertips, inhaling up and exhaling, releasing the hand down. Inhale that left arm up. Same thing. Make sure that left foot is pressed down firmly that there's weights in those right fingertips pulling you over. Try not to collapse into your rib cage. Keep yourself somewhat lifted. And if you can look up past your arm, go right ahead and do that. But if you feel any tension in your neck when you're doing that, please don't do it. Just look straight ahead or even down at the floor. Because again, the idea is to feel better and not worse. We don't want to put tension in the neck. We want to take tension out of the neck. Okay, we're coming back into a little greater than hip distance straddle there. Bring your arms up. And as you exhale, you're going to bring your hands back behind you. Interlace your fingers. Turn your palms down. And then just gently as you inhale, pull back through those shoulders. And as you exhale, just let your palms start releasing down toward the floor. Again, giving you some opening in the shoulders and the hard area. You're grounding through the feet, so you're keeping those legs really active. And just letting the shoulder muscles, the neck muscles, just release, stretch, open up. You know, this is getting blood flow in. We're going to give ourselves a little hug here and then reverse it. Give ourselves a little hug the other direction. And then coming back into Tadasana, stacking our bones, making sure that we're in alignment. And now here's some balancing, a balancing pose I believe is coming up, which is just for fun. People think I'm crazy because I think balancing poses are just for fun. But, you know, it's good to balance. This is a modified, very modified dancer pose. But we spend a lot of time sitting, and this kind of stretches the um, hip joint back a little bit, opening up, stretching through the knee. So you're going to hold on to that right foot with your right hand and then bring your left arm up. Try to keep your knees as even with each other as possible and just stretch into it. It opens the shoulder back. It also opens, like I said, the knees and the hips. And it gives you a little balance to just kind of play with and have fun with. And I always like throwing in a balancing pose in every class no matter what it is just because it takes us back to when we're eight years old and we're hopping around on one foot and we're playing and we're um, feeling energetic and and playful and it's also you know a good stretch
And then release down, making sure you're back into Tadasana. Shake your knees. Coming into prayer position. Now, prayer pose here. Let's just talk about that. That is a great stretch for the wrists. If you do a lot of crocheting, knitting, hand stitching, beading, scrapbooking, and then, you know, rotating your fists around, making fists and just rotating them around in both directions. And then taking a hold of your right hand with the left and then left hand with the right, just gently opening up those wrist joints, wiggling the fingers, stretching the fingers. These are all really good things to do for hand work. And this also works if you're at a computer a lot. You've got, you know, keyboard hands. It works very good for that. Wonderful. Ooh, I like those hand stretches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, yes, it, it, it is quite taxing on the wrists and the hands. And, it is. It is. Know. And, you know, and the eyes, all of it. So, you know, all these little subtle body parts that we tend to forget about. I even had one woman tell me that she has her toes, her toes hurt her by the end oh. of the day. And it's because she kind of rolls back onto her toes while she sits. Oh. And I do that too. And I had never really paid that much attention until she had mentioned it. And then I was like, well, yeah, I, I do that all the time too. So now when I catch myself doing that, I immediately stop. Right, right. Yeah, I, yeah. And come to think of it, I, I do know some people who work, like when they're, when they're pretty tense, what they do is they, they curl their toes up and actually clench their toes. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen kids do that. I've seen some adults do that. Yeah, getting them moving again. It's like right. the reflexology, you know, getting the body moving again. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> mm, mm, I love the warrior pose. It's such a solid pose. When they called it the warrior pose or warrior two, it's it's so solid because your feet are actually planted so deep into the ground. And you really don't have to go deep into that initial stretch to open that chest no. and, you know, really no. extend out. And, you know, and if your knee does not go to your ankle when you bend your knee, that's one thing. It's just that we don't want the knee to go past the ankle mm. because then we're putting way too much pressure onto the knee joint. We want it to either stay right above the ankle joint or if, if it doesn't go all the way up to the ankle joint, that's fine. But you know, we want the wanted to have that symmetry from the ankle to the knee and not be pushing forward. So and, and how, you know, how would one increase that stretch then? Um, if, if you're not feeling enough of a stretch, and rather than pushing the front knee forward, extend back through that back foot. Push it back a little farther, and then you will you'll get more of a stretch. Mm -hmm. My husband has a very mean warrior two pose. He can <laughs> he can just sink right down into it. I mean, it's you know, it's just one. That some people that and that's just right there. Some people have their poses that just work in their bodies, and you know, for mm -hmm. some people, mm -hmm. warrior two can be quite difficult. Right. Um. I you know I I find it to be a rather simple pose, but some people really you know their arms you know, give out on them after a few breaths. It is a strong pose. It's, yes. it, and, it, and it does build tremendous confidence all, as well, mentally. I mean, it's because it's just so empowering and um, stimulates a lot of 
good chakras there. But, Mm -hmm. you know, the focus on this was to stimulate that second chakra, which it strongly does. Yeah. And um, also it gives you some grounding through the root chakra. So it, you know, it, um, um, you know, helps you just reground and refocus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. The strong poses just to get that kundalini energy moving. It's wonderful. That's right. Right. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Well, you see, and that's another beautiful thing about yoga is, is there is no, I always say there is no end to the pose. Right. It, it, it can, you can get deeper and deeper. And there are so many minute stages and adjustments that it just, until you become what you see on the magazines, really. Right. I, I mean, I've seen... And you may never get there. You may never you, get there. You may never get there. But you may get and there in certain poses, though. Right. You right. know, which in is very interesting. In certain poses, you may have that strong, you know, you may have, a, you know, a strong, say, for instance, warrior two. But, um, you know, it really, um, you know, throw the magazines away. I mean, don't throw them away. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, don't. Don't base your practice on what you're seeing in magazines. Many of those people that are in magazines have been doing this their entire life. Right. And, you know, if you're, for instance, some of the people who have came to the sewing yoga class at the American Sewing Guild Conference, that was their first experience with yoga. And some of them were in their 70s or older. Mm. And, you know, so you can't. You can't judge right. how, you know, you work in the poses. You just, you know, and every day you wake up differently. That's right. Every moment. Every That's moment right. we're different. And, you know, so I often remind my students when, you know, I can kind of tell for my regular students when they come into class and, oh, are we going to do, for instance, Warrior Two? are we going to do that again today? You know, well, you know, yes, we have done Warrior Two a million and one times in my classes but it's the first time we've done it today. Mm, mm. And I always try to remind them that. And sometimes they will come in and go, boy, that was really hard today. <laughs> and then the next day they come in and go, "Are we? you know, this is just such a simple pose. So we're different every single moment. Mm-hmm. You know, what is good for us one day may not be good for us the next day. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So as the clock ticks by, I think we better get to your third segment okay, here. Okay. <laughs> we get our third segment talk all day on this. Oh, it's wonderful. (laughs) Wonderful. Oh, we're on the floor. This is our realignment segment, how we will end our class. And we're going to go into half-seated forward fold. So we're going to pull that right foot back, extend the left leg out. And you notice there, I just pulled a strap away. We're going to inhale, bring our arms up. Exhale, extending out, grasping wherever is comfortable. If you cannot reach your foot, put that strap around your foot and hold it in place. A belt works, a necktie. Um, It doesn't have to be a yoga strap necessarily, just something that's going to make up that difference. Take your gaze to your big toe or beyond, so you're keeping your spine in alignment and not rounding over. You want to fold like a piece of paper. So you're hinging from that hip joint. So that's that's an important part of this. So many times we want to bend from the waist. But our waist articulates. It doesn't really have, it, it won't bend like that. So we want to bend from the hip joint. Exhaling, releasing down, switching sides. Pulling on the right foot, extending the left leg out. Inhaling up. And exhaling again, extending out, grasping wherever is comfortable for you. 
using your strap if you need to. And it's very important in this pose. This is one that's notorious for people clenching their teeth in. <laughs> so you want to make sure that you're not clenching your teeth, that you're keeping the facial muscles relaxed. Shoulders are down. They're not, you know, getting bound up into your neck. And just keep your breathing very fluid and even. Again, taking that gaze forward so you're lengthening through the spine. And inhaling, bringing yourself up, stretching up tall, lengthening. And exhaling, releasing down. Extending both legs out for Paschimottanasana, full seated forward fold. We're going to inhale, bring both arms up. Exhaling, extending out again, using that strap if you need to. Again, using the blanket if you need to, or a bolster or a pillow. You may not need to, but if you do, don't hesitate. Now, in this pose, it's okay once you get into position, approach it with a flat back. But then once you get into position, then you can go ahead and drop your head down, pull your feet back, flexing them back toward your head. And for most people, they feel this really, really good stretch from the top of their head to the tips of their toes. This pose is particularly good for realigning the skeleton. So if you've been feeling kind of tweaked and, you know, you want to just Maybe do this for a few moments just to kind of realign yourself. Check for those tight spots. Try to breathe into them. Maybe even kind of wiggle them out of you if you can. And I think it feels so good. I don't want to come out of it. It's just I'm just sitting there. Go ahead and inhale up. <laughs> and exhaling, releasing your hands down. And then we're just going to lie down onto the floor. Move your blanket out of the way. And then bring your arms out in line with your shoulders. Bring your right foot to the top of your left knee. Bring your left hand up and take a hold of your knee. As you exhale, you're going to drop that knee over to the right or to the left. And you're going to turn your head to look to the right. So you're getting this ringing out action in your spine that's going to release a lot of tension and stress, open up the, the spine, release some compression in it. And it just feels very, very good. It's just, it's just a very good um, pose to get rid of tension. Uh, a lot of people get into this pose, they don't want to get out of it. And, and this is also good just for another standpoint, not necessarily for crafter, crafters, but if you have sciatica pain, this works wonderful for that. This pose is wonderful for it. And just make sure you keep breathing. Go ahead and inhale up. Exhaling, release. And we'll do the other side, bringing the left foot to the top of the right knee. We're going to bring the right hand up, take a hold of the knee as you exhale. We're going to drop that knee over to the right and turn your head to the left. And again, just keep that breath moving. It doesn't matter if your knee goes all the way to the floor. Mine obviously doesn't. Again, it's very important that you honor your own range of motion. 
Um, it, you know, it's again, it, this is never, ever, ever about range, ever. So, you know, just forget that mindset of, oh, I've got to go as deep as I can. I've, you know, I mean, it's wonderful to, to go to your edge. You know, you want to do that, but you don't want to fall off the cliff. You want to just stay within your own range of motion. And again, this is just a submissive pose. You want to just relax in it. Go ahead and inhale coming up and exhale, release. Pull both knees into your chest. And then if you notice, I'm just kind of um, rotating my knees counterclockwise. This gives a really nice little release in the lower back. It's a good massage for the sacrum and the lower back getting rid of tension. And then after about eight times of doing that, you're going to reverse it and go clockwise. Breathing, inhaling, and exhaling as you do it. Very relaxed. Nothing strenuous. And then go ahead and release your legs out. Bring your feet great, a little greater than hip distance apart and let them just fall open. If you have a problem with your lower back of lying flat on the floor, you can take a pillow or a blanket, roll up the blanket or take a pillow, put under your knees, and that will keep your lower back from arching up and, and putting more pressure on it. So um, I personally don't have a problem doing that, but many people do. It's, it's a very, very common problem. So once you're there, you're just going to bring your hands out in line with your hips, pray. 12 to 18 inches out at the side with the palms up. You're going to let your eyes fall back into the sockets. And then you're going to draw your awareness down to your feet and relax your feet. Relax your ankles. Relax your shins and your calves. Relax your kneecaps and the backs of your knees. Relax your thighs and the backs of your thighs. Relax your buttocks and your pelvic floor. Relax your abdomen and your lower back. Relax your chest and your upper back. Relax your shoulders, relax your arms, relax your hands and your fingers, relax your throat and the back of your neck, relax your face, your jawline, your mouth, relax your eyes and the space between your eyes. Relax your forehead and your temples. Relax your scalp and your skull and relax the crown of your head. Just relax. And that will take you to the end of Yoga for Crafters. And you can play there as long as you like. There, you know, you don't have to get up after two or three minutes. If you're still comfortable there, 15 minutes later, you just lay there. 
um, that's a pose that's just good to stay in sometimes. <laughs> that's that's I have say that's the only reason why I come to yoga is to get to this point. <laughs> <laughs> I could remember I could remember one of my first experiences with yoga. A friend and I, we both were going like crazy and we both fell asleep. During the oh, yeah. <laughs> I I've had people snore. <laughs> I, I, that's exactly what we did. Yes, we did. And we woke ourselves up because we started snoring <laughs> because everything or, becomes or, so uh, relaxed. They'll wake up and realize that everybody else is already sitting up. Yeah. And they're, <laughs> we missed something. <laughs> but I figure if that happens, my job is done. If I've gotten them to that relaxed state, then... Yes. You know, I know the goal is to get almost asleep, but not quite there. But sometimes I just figure if they fall asleep, they probably need the rest. Oh, yes. Yes, absolutely. Well, it is a great place to be in the middle of the day or in the morning. That just means the body has just gone through all of this and it needs to integrate. It needs to integrate all those movement of energies, which we That's never right. really take and into consideration. You know, Shavasana, there is a reason for corpse pose or Shavasana, which is that final relaxation pose, is once we stretch all of the um, joints and tendons and ligaments of the body, which, you know, in yoga, it is believed that that's where energy gets bound up most is at our dense connective tissues. When we stretch those out and then we just lay there and we let that energy flow for a while, um, it's very revitalizing. I have students that have especially beginners, they'll say, I was so relaxed when I left. And then by the time I got home, I had so much energy. I was cleaning house. I was, you know, doing all these different things. And, you know, so that is a, a, just a testament to how this works, that it, it really does work wonders in the body. Mm-hmm. And we need that energy flow to stay healthy and, and um, happy. There you <laughs> so, go. There you yeah, go. And pain-free. So, so for you crafters out there, that wasn't so bad, was it? <laughs> and you know, really, it is Maybe very that simple. Dancer pose, but... right? Well, you know, it it, it really is, and it is so simple. It is so simple. I, I've had people say to me, "Well, I can't do yoga. I'm not flexible. I'm not." I go, "Well, let let's do a couple of poses," and they'll go, "No, no, no." I go, "No, no, no. Really, really, lie down." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I'll say, this is Shavasana. Yeah. And they'll go, so what do I do from here? I said, this is Shavasana. And they'll go, yeah. this is a pose? I'll go, yes. And then we'll do Tadasana, which is the standing yeah. pose. And and I'll go, okay, stand. And, I, and I'll walk them through it. And I'll go, now stay there for just a moment. And they'll go, so what's what do I do? And I go, be aware. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, it's it, really it that simple. Feel- when they really, you know, when they really get it, they really notice how wonderful it feels to stand in correct alignment. Oh, yes. Or to be able to fully relax into, in Shavasana. Yes. Um, yes. You know, it's, those are very, both of them are very important poses. Absolutely. You know, um, like I said, you just don't have to do the, you know, the extreme. I mean, those are fun. They're fun to try to do. They're fun to look at. They're, you know, I mean, they're, they're fun poses, but they're certainly not necessary. Right. Well, I, I really loved and appreciated what you showed us with the eagle pose when, you know, when you wrapped your arms around, because arms, I've uh-huh. only done that as a standing balancer. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. when your legs are wrapped around, your arms are wrapped around each other. And to see you do it sitting, I thought, 
That's excellent. That yeah. I never even crossed my and mind you can, to do that. You can actually bring the legs into it too in a seated pose by um, bringing the heels up by the hips, crossing mm. them over and stacking your knees. And that brings oh, your legs that's to right. a, almost like, you know, cow's head pose, or um, I guess sometimes it's called lightning bolt. Mm. But, um, you know, it's, um, you know, you can, you can bring the legs into that too. There's um, really no end. <laughs> there isn't. There's really there is no, no end. end. I yeah. could remember <laughs> that it took me a year and a half to get a pose called the crow. And it took me so long. And I finally got it. And it was like, okay. And then the the um, the the instructor said, okay, now the next thing you have to do now. <laughs> and I'm going, what? You know, it took me 15 years to get that pose. Oh. And I just recently, when I was, when I first started doing yoga, I really just kind of fell into it. You know, it, it worked for me. I got it. I understood it. I understood the alignment. And, you know, I was a hot shot. I, I was, you know, <laughs> well, it humbled me quite a bit. I um, had propose introduced to me and I thought, oh, piece of cake, I can do this. Well, I nearly broke my nose. Oh, I no. fell forward and I thought I'd lost some teeth and I thought oh, I could have broken no. both wrists. What am I doing here? This was crazy. And so I avoided it for a very long time. And then just recently I did it. And now it's one of my favorites and, um, you know, and I've been introducing some of my more advanced students to it and, um, you know, they're having fun with it. You know, we, we make sure we have a pillow under our face though. (laughs) Um, So if we do fall forward, we have a soft place to land. Right, right, right. Great idea. And also it doesn't make it look that far away the floor right. comes closer when there's a nice pillow right. in front of you too so it takes away that fear of tilting you know <laughs> yeah and you know and and that really truly was what was holding me back was because of you know rushing my first experience with it which you know this is a good lesson in itself you can't rush things mm-hmm. you have to you know do them when you're ready and because i was rushing it and thinking oh this isn't going to be hard to do i can just do this blah 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 yes. and then i instead of slowly taking my time with it. I just hopped my knees up there and just, just fell. And so I was fear driven for a long time. And, um, you know, and I would try it occasionally and it still wasn't working for me. So I put it back down and then recently it just worked. And so now it's, I'm having a blast with it. Yeah. Isn't that amazing when you, when you finally get the pose, it's almost like your body remembers that balance. Yeah. Yeah. To me, it's spectacular. And it could be something as simple as, you know, the pose you were, you, your standing pose that you had, your balancer that you had in this, where you just brought the leg back, or you could bring the leg forward into your chest, or even hold on to the chair. And next thing you know, you start letting go of that chair. That that Mm. is absolutely true. Uh, I don't know if you can see it behind me, but I have a um, ballet bar in Mm -hmm. my studio. And we use that quite often to work on our balance and um, or the backs of hold on to the backs of chairs. But if you use a chair, make sure it's going to be one that's going to be heavy enough that you're not going to turn the chair over. over. Um, You know, a kitchen counter works really, really well for working on balance. And one of the things that I've learned with with balance poses is, you know, some days we're just off. Some days Mm -hmm. we just, you know. Some days we stick it and then the next day we can't get it for nothing or we'll have one side that works great and the other side doesn't. 
if that happens, if you get, have by chance a, a day that you're trying to do, you know, tree pose or any of the balancing poses and it's just not working, I find it's better to just walk away from it at that point because if you continue to try and it's mm. not working for you, you're going to become frustrated. And the more frustrated you become, the more out of balance you become. Right. So, you know, sometimes it's just best to, you know, just walk away and try it another day. And, um, you know, and that's kind of a good philosophy for life. Absolutely. You know, yes. if something's not working one day, you may just want to try it tomorrow and take a break. Right. Take so, a breather. Uh, it's okay. Check take out a breather. for a minute. Yeah, take a breather. <laughs> yeah. Roll your shoulders, wiggle your wrists. <laughs> take a breather. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. No, that's a great piece of advice. I, I think yoga is such a, it's really such a metaphor for how we live life and how we move through life and about creating balance. And some days it's just not as easy as other days. And we just keep moving. Right. Yes. And, you know, and, and if we've had a life event, I even find that weather conditions can oh, yes. really, you know, mess with our, our balance and with, you know, um, that aspect of our life that mm -hmm. if, you know, for instance, if we have a lot of rain and, you know, that's a good time to really ground yourself and, you know, or if it's snowing outside, like it was last week here, you might want to, um, you know, do some sun salutations to really heat up the body and to, you know, warm yourself. So, you know, a lot of things play factors in how these, you know, poses are going to work for you at any given moment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, Kat. This has just been a really wonderful hour of, uh, of, immersed in the knowledge of yoga, for, especially for people who've never tried it, uh, those people who need it most. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and uh, hopefully it has uh, helped to entice uh, crafters, uh, another niche market of, yeah. of coming in and ex experimenting and um, yeah. experiencing. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully that's that's the case. That hopefully it teaches people that they don't have to be afraid of this and that it is good for you and and it's good for you at any age. Oh, or absolutely. you know, everybody, everybody. Yes. Yoga is good for everybody. Yes, so. yes. And and uh for those of you who think you're too old to start it, well you can watch uh, our yeah. Trinity of Life program with Phyllis Suze, who started yoga at eighty four. Yeah. <laughs> and she is now at ninety doing the peacock. So <laughs> I have students that are, you know, in their eighties that have just started Wonderful. and, you know, and I see that and I just hope I have the courage to try something new at that age. That in itself is just, you know, to me, it speaks volumes of, mm -hmm. uh, of their life and their personality. So when you can take up something new like this, that may challenge you physically and mentally and emotionally, you know, but they have been the best teachers to me that, Absolutely. you know, that they're just not going to get a, you know, worried or hung up on anything. They're just going to have fun. Right. And so, yeah, I that agree. works real well. Well, thank you so much, Kat Robinson, for thank taking you. the time to uh, share with us your expertise. And we look thank forward you. to the next one. I wonder who it's going to be for. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh -huh. That's the next thing you have to work on. 
I guess so, huh? <laughs> thank you so much. It's been really wonderful. And of course, thank you to Sagovi Smith and the Yoga Hub team for making this moment possible. And to each and every one of you for joining us in this new platform of education and information. We're always grateful for your continuous support and look forward to hearing your feedback on how we can serve you better. We invite you to join us live on Tuesdays for Magical Medical Tour at 10.30 a.m. Pacific, 1.30 p.m. Eastern, Wednesdays for Trinity of Life at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, followed every other week with Flowing into Awareness with Anatara. And be sure to look out for our new slate of shows for 2014. And we invite you also to uh, review some of Kat Robinson's previous episodes, episode 20, on tick-borne illnesses, which is, um, that's uh, quite a deep topic there, uh, as we find more and more people are being affected by this. And of course, episode 62, Yoga and Parkinson's. If you'd like to connect with Kat Robinson, you can do so through her website, activecatyoga.com, activecatyoga.com. And of course, be sure to follow her blogs here on Yoga Hub. Once again, we invite you to give us a call and share your feedback and comments and would love some suggestions from you. Give us a call at 818-LET'S-TALK, 818-LET'S-TALK. Until next time, we wish you a wonderful, safe, loving holiday season, and we look forward to seeing you again. Namaste. Namaste.